The following is a hoop ball presentation. Good morning and welcome to Hoop Balls DFS today. I am your host, Mike Patria. We have a nice little seven-game card to talk about today, recording this early Saturday morning, October 23rd. Seven games to talk about on this main card. Tip-off starts around 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's when the lineup's locked, but we always know it starts about 10 to 12 minutes after that. Take the court and all that good stuff, but really excited about this slate. Yesterday went pretty well for me. Uh, I think the past two days cashed out most of my lineup. Single entries might have just fallen short. Uh, a couple of them in last night's slate. But nonetheless, we turn the page. We get ready for the next games and the next day of research. Started last night. Breaking down a little bit more things this morning, but really looking forward to this one. But before we jump into anything, just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsors over at Manscaped. Guys, Check out Vanscaped. Use the promo code HoopBall20, and you will get 20% off your entire purchase. Plus, they throw in the free shipping, and who wants to pay the shipping? Now, I know every guy has their trimmer for their face, but Manscaped specializing for the down-under grooming. Now, lawnmower, they got the ear, nose, and hair trimmer. We all know that if you're a guy, you got to go the nose hairs popping out, ear hair as you get older. I'm getting there. Getting there at 30, starting to get the ear hair popping out. Gets taken care of with the ear, hair, and nose trimmer. They also have all of your grooming needs, aftershave, toner, conditioner, you name it. They have it. And you can get it all in their perfect package kit. So, guys, check out manscaped.com. Use that promo code HOOPBALL20 for everything that you could use. Free shipping, 20% off. So, we're going to jump right into this. We have some news to keep an eye out for, but... Luckily, in the first game of the night is where the most important news will be. So we should have that before lineups tip off. But we'll start off with the Miami Heat traveling to Indiana, taking on the Pacers. Pacers have yet to release their injury report as of about 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time out here. Miami Heat have. Dwayne Dedman, Kyle Lowry, both questionable. Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry. Uh, had a left ankle sprain in that last one. We saw him hobbled. He went to the locker room, came back and played. But if you play basketball and you receive an ankle sprain, you have an ankle I say receive it like someone just comes over to and hands you one. But you know that after the game is generally when you feel it a little bit more. You'll take off your shoe. You might get some a little bit of swelling. And Victor Oladipo is out. As for a line, 224 game total. Miami being favored by three and a half in this one. Indiana on the second half of a back-to-back. So we'll start off with the Heat. Kyle Lowry is the big news. Honestly, I'm not too interested in him, in him either way, whether he plays. But if he sits, obviously that's going to have some big implications on what we're looking at here. Jimmy Butler coming in at 8,500 feels a little pricey, uh, but it's it's a fair price tag, especially if Kyle Lowry sits. We'll see. We'll most likely see Tyler Hero draw the start, and we'll see Jimmy and Tyler probably have most of the ball handling duties. Bam will get a little uptake in assists. You know, a lot of people had that kind of peg coming in this year with another ball handle in there. Bam's assist total might drop a little bit. But with no Kyle Lowry, we could probably expect that to go back to last season's totals as far as the assists go. Now, it's a good matchup, I think, for all of these guards. When we look at Indiana, they, they you know, Justin Holiday should be ready to play in this one. 
uh, Jeremy Lamb should be ready to play in this one. They were both questionable coming into last night's game. Keep an eye on it because it is a back-to-back. But I have no issue going with Jimmy. Tyler Hero would probably be the the chalky, more popular option at 5,500. That's a very good price tag. He absolutely blew up in their first game of the season in only 24 minutes. Put up over 40 DK points. So I'll definitely have some interest in Tyler Hero, especially because he's point guard and shooting guard eligible. We'll see a bunch of guys on this slate that have both that dual eligibility that are very interesting. So keep your eye on those three guys. Those are the main three guys I'm looking at. If you want to dumpster dive a little bit, you could definitely look at P.J. Tucker, especially with Dwayne Dedman questionable. Uh, they're going to need the size. They're going against Demonis Bonus. They're going against Miles Turner. You know, they're going to need as much size as they can possibly play. I expect this to be more of like a closer to a 30-minute type of P.J. Tucker game. Only played 22 in that game against Milwaukee. But no one really needed to play when you win by over 40 points. So those are the four guys I guess you could keep in your player pool. And if I had to say the two that I end up with the most, it would probably be Tyler Hero, P.J. Tucker. But again, P.J. Tucker is probably a safer cash play. It doesn't really have a massive upside. We've seen it. He'll hit that like 30 plus here and there, but for the most part, we're hoping to get about 22 to 24 from out of this one. Sliding over to the other side of the ball, looking at the Pacers. There's a there's a lot to like on the Pacers squad this year. Rick Carlisle has been running a very very tight rotation. Uh, you know, we've been seeing pretty much an eight man rotation. Um, first two games of the year, 43, 39 minutes out of Demonis Sabonis, 10K. It's a good matchup. Going against P.J. Tucker, he's got some size on him. P.J.'s a, a, you know, a staunchy defender, don't get me wrong. But at 10K, there's a few other guys I think I like a little bit more on this slate. We saw that Miles Turner went absolutely bananas in that last game. That was also a fantastic matchup going against the Wizards. It's been a little tougher. So, you know, I wouldn't chase that chalk or chase that game and that performance. 5600 is still a very fair price tag, but I'll let somebody else handle that. And then if you're going to go anywhere, it's going to be – Another guy that might be considered some jock. It's going to be Chris Durante. Uh, the young rookie has been playing absolutely fantastic. They're giving him the minutes. He played 45 minutes in that last game and 33 in the one prior. Uh, you know, we thought that maybe that goes down a little bit, knowing that Lamb and Holiday are going to be playing. It did not. He is absolutely just crushing this one. Back-to-back games with at least 30 DK points. You can absolutely take a look at him. I feel like, like I said, he's going to be very chalky. We have a couple pivots that we'll get to later on if you want to go off of them. But at that price tag, with the minutes he's playing, you know, this dude's a good defender. He can shoot the ball very well. He's got multiple ways to kind of just stuff the stat sheet. And that's what you're looking for, especially in your value plays, is that, hey, maybe there's shots off that night. You know, we'll never be able to tell necessarily when a guy's just not going to have a shooting stroke. You know, you can always pick on the guys that are going to have tough defensive matchups and, you know, kind of key that together and link that together. But even that, uh, you know, shooting stroke, even in a good matchup, could be off in the night. But this dude has multiple ways to put it in there. So I'm going to definitely look at Durante. He's probably my favorite player on this team. Malcolm Brogdon's been right up there with Sabonis. He's playing a boatload of minutes. 7,300 is a very fair price tag. Back-to-back games with at least 50 DK points. Is he going to make it three straight? I have my doubts, but he's definitely in the player pool. Probably a little bit safer for your cash games, but... Those are the main three options we're looking at. It's going to be Brogdon. It's going to be Sabonis. It's going to be Durate. And to be honest, it's probably going to be mostly Durate for me. I'm not going to be paying up for Sabonis when there's some other guys on this slate. I'd rather pay up for it. And then Brogdon is in a tough price range. I do prefer Brogdon over some of these other point guards when we get down there. You know, I prefer him at his price range over Morant, over Russell. So it's just once you get down a little bit more and you're starting to look at Lonzo Ball, 
Fred Van Vliet, a little bit more expensive, but Freddie's due. Uh, yeah, I've been I've been riding that, and I don't even mind. We'll get to Reggie Jackson as well at his price range too. So, moving on to the next game, six thirty Eastern Standard Time game. We have the Dallas Mavericks traveling to Toronto to take on the Raptors for the injury report. Raptors have yet to release it, but we know that Siakam's still going to be out. That's the main key cog. We also saw that Goran Dragic came off of the bench. Gary Trent was inserted into that starting lineup. Trent had a great game, four steals, knocking down some threes. For the Mavs, everybody should be good to go, and they're looking to bounce back. It was a tough game for them going against the Hawks team. They kind of got poo-pooed on very early. was not fun to watch as a Dallas fan, but 218 game total. Dallas being favored in this one, three and a half. Much more favorable matchup for these guys. Start off with the Mavericks. Luka Doncic, 10-8. Really struggled in that first one. Only shot 35% from the floor, 2 of 7 from deep. The the counting stats were there, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, but the points were not. 18 points per game is not something that is very Luka-like. I expect a much better matchup or a much better game at this one. He's probably going to draw a little bit of OG uh, more in all likelihood as the guy covering him. And OG is is not lackadaisical on defense. Nonetheless, Luka Doncic, he can get it off against anybody. He'd probably be third for me. Where I'm looking at spending up on guys, but it's a very close third. And, uh, you know, if you have the money, I'll never argue with it. He's got one of the higher floors of anybody on this slate when you look at it. And we always know that he has that 70 to 80 point upside. He's probably one of the only guys on this slate that can really break that 75 mark. We've seen it from Cat. We've seen it from George a few times throughout their career. But we've seen it from Luca probably at least five to six times last season. My favorite play in this game, though, is going to be Kristaps. Uh, we saw it. He was more aggressive. He was more assertive. He was just struggling mightily. Uh, only played 29 minutes in that last game, but it was mostly because it was a blowout. The rebounds weren't there for him. Only had five rebounds and only put up 21 DK points. So I think a lot of people will probably go away from Chris Stops if they you know check that box score. But this is a great matchup for him. He should draw Scotty Barnes as a defender. The rookie's very good on defense. Don't get me wrong, but he is giving up a whole lot of size. And, uh, you know, to be honest, there's not a lot of people on this Raptors team that can really stick with them, uh, you know, size-wise outside of maybe Boucher. So I really do like Chris Stops at a very, you know, underwhelming power forward position today. 7,300. If you're not playing Luka, he makes sense to pivot. I probably wouldn't play these two guys together. And that's kind of how I'm doing my builds. You know, I'm going to have some with Luka and no Chris Stops. And the ones that don't have Luka will have Chris Stops. Outside of those two guys, I really don't have a lot of interest in anybody. We saw Brunson play 26 minutes in that last one. Uh, part of me thinks it was because of the blowout, but he was getting some significant minutes in the between. And I'm not paying 6200 for Tim Hardaway. He could put it together and have one of those scoring nights. I mean, he easily could, but we saw in that last one. Two rebounds, no assists, no blocks, one steal. You're not getting any of those counting stats from him. And when you're paying 6200 you're really relying on that jump shot to fall. And if it doesn't, you're going to find yourself uh, kind of holding the bag when it comes to getting the rest of the value out of him. On the Toronto side of the ball, I touched on Fred Van Vliet. His price tag just jumping. It was 7400 in the first one, 6900 in that last one, which, you know, was great. Uh, but he's been struggling with the shot. He's only 8 of 30 so far shooting. This ship's going to get righted. Uh, I don't think that even makes sense. The ship's going to right its way. I don't know how you'd say it. But nonetheless, he's going to get back to normal. Freddie Van Vliet is not the most efficient shooter, but he's much, much better than like a 27% type guy. So, uh, I'm definitely going to look for a bounce back in this one. I think that, you know, with the the shooting performances, it's bound to happen. 
there's a lot of guys in that price range where people could spend up on. So I don't expect them to be chalky in any way, shape, or form. But Freddie's got a 50 DK point game coming his way very soon, and he's due. And I think we can almost say the same thing about OG. Uh, a lot of people are, you know, had OG pegged for a bigger role this season, and it's coming. The shooting woes are there. He's only shot seven of 35. So, you know, even worse than Fred Van Vliet. But the 35 shot attempts in the first two games are very intriguing. We know that he has the ability to get you a couple blocks and steals. Uh, one of the bigger guys in this lineup, considering they're all about the same size at 6'8". So the rebounds could easily come there. Both these two guys are very, very much in play for me. I think both of them have a ton of upside. They come with a little risk, as we see with their shooting woes, but the upside is surely there. Not really checking out anybody else on this team. I have no real interest in the center rotation that they got going on. Uh, and we pretty much seen Goran Dragic now that he's reserved to a bench role. His upside is going to be sapped away a little bit as well. And Gary Trent Jr. touched on it. Pretty much very Tim Hardaway-like, where if the shot's fallen, he'll get you the value. If not, you're going to be holding the bag. And we have a ton of other guards that we've already talked about, especially like Chris Duarte, who's cheaper, who I think has more upside, has a safer floor. And we'll get to a couple guys in that later game who are even cheaper than Duarte and pretty much have the same upside and floor. 7, or I'm sorry, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. We're going to keep it moving. Detroit traveling to Chicago, taking on the Bulls. And this one, the Bulls have yet to release their injury report. They're on the second half of a back-to-back. Lonzo Ball coming off of a massive triple-double. And the Pistons, Cade Cunningham, Isaiah Livers, and Chris Smith have all been ruled out. Looking at a game total in this one, we have a 214.5, one of the lower totals on the day. And Chicago favored by nine. They're expecting a trouncing of these guys. And Chicago's looked great. They look great on defense. The offense is clicking. Zach Levine is just shooting the lights out of the ball right now. Vucevic uh, hasn't really put it together just yet, but... We saw that high usage in the first one, so we'll have to you know, expect that to probably continue, and he'll be the second option on this team as far as offense goes. But let's start with the Detroit Pistons out here. Uh, no, not a whole lot of interest in the guard rotation. We've been seeing Killian Hayes, Corey Joseph, and Frank Jackson pretty much handle the majority of the guard minutes. Uh, a little bit of Josh Jackson sprinkled in there, but it's been Killian Hayes drawing the start at the one, and then we've been seeing Frank Jackson draw the start at the two. Uh, Killian Hayes. He's just not good at basketball yet. <laughs> I don't know how else to say this. The dude's struggling. He doesn't have much of an offensive game put together. Uh, there's not a lot to, I guess, you know, dish and dime and feed to on this team. So I really don't have interest in it. Frank Jackson is nothing more than uh, a decent value play. I'd much rather play Duarte over him. At 3,900, he's another guy. We could put him in that Tim Hardaway, Gary Trent Jr. kind of profile where outside of his scoring, he doesn't do much as far as rebounding and assisting goes. So, I'll take a pass on both those guys. If I'm looking anywhere, it would probably just be Jeremy Grant. As long as Cade Cunningham's out, Jeremy Grant's going to have the offense pretty much funneled through him. 20 shot attempts in that first one. Uh, and he put together almost a 40 DK point game. I loved him on that slate. This is a much, much tougher game. Uh, you know, I have my I have my worries that the Pistons can keep this one, you know, fairly close. I have my worries that this game can even top, you know, 200 as a game total. It will, but... Probably not by too, too much. If I had to bet, I'd probably take the under on that game total. But Jeremy Grant, 6,700. I do have some interest in him. Sadiq Bay coming in at $500 less than Grant. You know, At that point, I'd rather just spend the extra 500 to get Grant, where I know there's going to be a little bit more offensive uh, profile. But we're going to say that he's probably going to be second on the team in shot attempts. 
And then the center rotation between Isaiah Stewart, Kelly Olynyk. These guys are pretty much just chopping the minutes up right down the middle. Stewart played 25. Olynyk played 22. That equals just about 48, 47. But, you know, they're splitting them right down the middle. If you're, if you're going to lean with one of them, you're probably going to go with Big Stew just because we know that he has a little bit more rebounding upside, a little bit more block upside. They're going to need some more sides going against Wichevich, but not a ton of interest in either one of these guys. I think we have some better value at the position that we can lean to. Olenek has that power forward eligibility, so maybe if that gets you going, but it doesn't really get me going at all. So, like I said, not really feeling these two guys. Now, quick break. To our other presenting sponsor, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you're playing Daily Fantasy Sports. And if you hear me talk about the pricing where I play for the majority of my plays, it's at DraftKings. So the NBA's back, and DraftKings at their sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key victory to a strong starting five is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster, I don't know, Chicago, 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 and win $200 in free bets by only betting $5. DraftKings Sportsbook customers could also get a skin in the game with the new Same Game Parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code NBA today. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win, and you win $200 in free plays. That's promo code NBA today at DraftKings Sportsbooks. So check them out. You must be 21 or older. I think we all knew that, right? But just figured I'd say it. Maybe we've got some young customers out there, some young listeners. But again, that promo code is NBA today at DraftKings Sportsbook through the same game parlays. You bet any team to win with just a $5 bet on any team to win, and they do, you will win $200. So we have seven games on tonight. Make your choice. Make it wisely. I think Chicago is a pretty safe bet, if you have to ask me, though. All right, we'll slide over to the Chicago side of things in this one. Vucevic coming in at 8,900. We've seen him, uh, you know, tail of two takes so far. First game, lots of shot attempts, lots of rebounds. Didn't shoot very well. Second game, little to no rebounds, very little to no shot attempts. But still, he's one of the safer centers on the board at 8,900. I have mild interest in him. Like I said, I think this is a great matchup. I think he'll absolutely dominate, but I don't think that we're going to see much more than 31 minutes out of him. I don't think they need much more than 31 or 32 minutes out of him. 8,900 is a lofty price tag. So I guess if you're going to have some Detroit action, if you want to run it back with somebody, he makes sense. Zach Levine coming in at 8,600. He's just been the key cog in this offense. Absolutely love Zach Levine. Just don't love that price tag. I'm, I'm using the guard spots for a lot of my value. You heard me talk about it several times already. We're going to get to some other value plays in a little while. So I just don't see myself necessarily going to Zach Levine. DeRozan at 7K. We're seeing him. Got the shot attempts both games now. 37 shot attempts over the last two. He's been pretty solid and secure. From, from probably going anywhere, it's going to be this spot just because we're getting a significant discount compared to Vucevic and uh, Levine. 
we're seeing him 1,600 uh, less than Levine and 1,900 less than Vucevic. So I think DeRozan would probably be the top option I'm looking at, anybody on the squad. And you could say the same thing with Lonzo. Coming off of a triple-double, he showed you the upside. The first game, it wasn't necessarily there. But the dude doesn't need to score a whole lot to get you there. 17 points and 12 points over the last two games. But in the last one, exactly 10 rebounds and assists. He got the steals. He got the blocks. Came out, put up 58 and a half DK points. And we look at the guard position at that price range, around 6,800. There's only one other guy that I think I'm really interested in, which would be Reggie Jackson, who we'll get to later. I think he's a better player than Brogdon. I think he's a better player than Murray. I think he's a better player than McCollum. So there you have it. If you have that price range, if that's where you're looking, if you're maybe spending up or spending down in other positions, I think he's very much in play. So I'll probably be avoiding Vucevic and Levine, but I think DeRozan and Lonzo have some upside in this one. Moving on to the other 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. We have the New Orleans Pelicans traveling to Minnesota. This is going to be a fun game for fantasy. Pelicans have yet to release their uh, their injury report. Second half of a back-to-back for them. And for the Timberwolves, doesn't look like they've released theirs either. But they should be healthy for the most part. 226.5 game total. Minnesota favored by six in this one. A lot to love. A whole lot to love for the Pelicans. We saw that Josh Hart is, was ruled out in that last one. And Herb, big Herb Jones, started for him. Herb's only 3K. So if you need that value play at the forward spot, he's there for you. Wouldn't expect a whole lot of upside from him. He's very, very defensive-focused, defensive-oriented type guy. Got a steal and got a block in that last one. Only took four shot attempts. Made three of them. So 75% is pretty good. But for a bottom-of-the-barrel type guy, if you're looking for him, he's there for you. Main plays I'm going to be looking at in this one, though, are going to be the top dogs, the shot the shot takers and the shot makers. Brandon Ingram, AK, very, very good price tag. Prefer him over uh, Levine for only $600 less. With no Zion, he's going to lead this team in shot attempts. He's going to have a little bit more rebounding upside, too. We saw that 15 rebounds over the last two games. Also handled the ball quite, quite well. Uh, no Lonzo ball there. They, they have Devontae Graham, who's not very good at basketball. Sadoransky's barely playing minutes. Kara Lewis Jr. just doesn't have a complete trust of the coaching staff just yet and still very raw. So you'll see Brandon Ingram bring the ball up a lot, bring a ball up the court a whole lot. And outside of that, you'll see Nikhil Alexander Walker do the same thing. But at 8K, he's paid that off over the past two games. Almost put up 50 in that last one with 26, 8, and 8 last night against Chicago. And Chicago's got a pretty good defense. Minnesota, eh, not so much. So I'll be going back to the well. I don't mind looking at Ingram. He's one of my favorite forward plays. Jonas Valanciunas, um, 7,200. The minutes have been there for him. At least 30 minutes over the first two games. The shot attempts, he's taken 30. The rebounds have been there. A breakout game is coming. I really do like Jonas on this slate. He's one of my favorite centers. Probably three centers you'll hear me talk about that I think I have some interest in. He's right there in that mid-tier range. So, if you're not spending up on the guy on the other side of the ball here, I think Jonas makes for a great option. Cat has never been really good or known for his defense. And then Nikhil Alexander-Walker starting, playing 30-plus minutes, and he's playing great. Back-to-back games with at least 34 DK points, and at 6,400, that's paying off that value that we're looking for. He's getting it done on defensively. In the past two, he's got eight total stocks, blocks, and steals. We love to see that. That's just the added bonus. 
and he should be one of the guys I would I would imagine he's gonna be second or third behind Ingram and then right there with Jonas in shot attempts not paying any money for Devontae Graham you couldn't pay me to play Devontae Graham uh despite his rock solid performance that last one just don't like him uh don't I just don't like playing Devontae Graham you get left holding the bag a whole lot. The price tag is fair at fifty five hundred. Don't get me wrong. If you want to look at them in your tournaments, absolutely. But in your cash games, even in your single entries, it gets a little bit tougher. So, wouldn't do that if I were you. But hey, I'm not right a lot <laughs> when it comes to Devontae Graham, and that's probably the main reason why I don't play him. For Minnesota, lot to love over here as well. You just heard me talk about Cat at ten two, one of my favorite guys to spend up on this slate. Jonas Valanciunas not really known for his defense either. Coming off a 30-10 and 10 game where he put up 55 DK points, this is another great game written all over it. He only needed to play 29 minutes in that last one. My, I expect him to play a little bit over 30 in this one. Not paying 8300 for Russell. I think Anthony Edwards is going to have a breakout season this season. We just we just saw a massive game from him, 10 of 21 shooting. Took 12 three-pointers. The fact that he's willing to take 12 three-pointers is insane. He's got some rebounding upside. He grew two inches in the offseason. Only had one steal. I imagine that, you know, He's even a guard that could get you a block, close to a block a game, like 0.7 type block guy. So I'm expecting big things from Edwards. I have no issue. I love this game. I want to have probably one piece from both sides. I can I can even see having a little bit more. But outside of these two main key cogs, like I said, I'm not paying $8,300 for Russell. Uh, Malik Beasley coming off the bench at 5100 is nothing more than a tournament you know, pivot or play. And then with the whole power forwards position, it, it's just going to be – Pretty ugly in general. Uh, I'm not, you know, probably going near any of these options. They're just going to be mixing and matching. I imagine that this is one that we could see either Okogi or Prince. I think they started Okogi in that last one, but neither one of those guys have a whole lot of upside. And then McDaniels at 3,500. He's in play as a value play at the forward position. Uh, only played 26 minutes. I wouldn't expect, you know, four steals and two blocks. That's how he got all of his value in that last one were those defensive categories. And the usage is incredibly low. So just understand that if you play him, there's a lot of risk to it. There's, without that usage and without having the confidence that he's going to be taking at least you know eight to ten shots, you're really relying on the ball to fall off the rim the right way and to get those defensive counting stats. So in play, but for the most part, it's going to be Cat and it's going to be Anthony Edwards. Love both those guys. Love this game in general. If you want to run it back with some Ingram with one of those two, wouldn't mind it. If you want to run it back with some Nikhil Alexander-Walker with one of those two, love that as well. You can go any which way and feel good about it. Looking on to the next one, 8.30 Eastern Standard Time game. Milwaukee Bucks traveling to San Antonio, taking on the Spurs. We already know what's going on with the Bucks as far as their injury report. Dante DiVincenzo, Brooke Lopez, Semi Ojale, Bobby Portis all ruled out. While Drew Holiday, who sat out that last game, is probable as well as Rodney Hood. So Hood looking like he's going to be back in this one. Same thing with Drew. We've got to see what this rotation looks like. They're probably going to go pretty guard heavy. We saw them go small in that last one where they started. Uh, it was a weird lineup. It was Grayson Allen, Pat Connington, Chris Middleton. Great. Uh, I say Grayson Allen. Uh, duh. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Giannis pretty much played center. So, you know, we're going to have to kind of figure that out. And it was also George Hill in there. Uh, George Hill will go back to the bench with Drew back. Grayson Allen will likely still start. Pat Connington will probably go back to the bench. But again, we got to see what they do with the center position. That is the big thing that we're going to have to keep an eye on for because they got 
Brockham Sockham robot it pretty quickly. Milwaukee's favored by seven, 223 and a half game total. Surprised, honestly, Milwaukee's not favored by just a little bit more. Kind of feels like that's it's a little low. Uh, but Giannis at 10-5. Listen, if the game stays close, Giannis is going to have to pick one. Um, Vegas has it staying close enough where we can definitely consider him. I prefer him over Luka, probably just slightly. Just because, especially if he's going to be playing that center position, we can feel a little bit more secure about those rebounds. He put up 37.5 DK points in only 23 minutes in that last one. You give this guy 30 minutes, he's going to get you 50-plus pretty easily. Uh, the free throws were kind of back down to earth. 6 to 10 in that last one, 7 to 9 in the first one. If this guy could be a 70 to 75% free throw shooter, uh, the sky's the limit. You know, it, it's just that simple. They don't really have a body that can keep up with him in this game. I think they probably their best bet is to probably throw Thad Young at him. But Thad Young's getting up there. He's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good. But he's getting up there. So I don't really trust that matchup for them as far as the Spurs. But Giannis very, very much in play. Chris Middleton struggled mightily in that last game. 4-14 shooting. Can definitely right the ship here. 7,400. I prefer Anthony Edwards over him ever so slightly, though. Uh, we just talked about him in that last game. Looking at Grayson Allen, 4,700. He's still in play as a value play. But I think that I prefer Durante and a couple guys that we'll get to in a few games. So I just don't think I'll end up on Grayson Allen. And then we have to keep an eye on what they do. Like I said, if they don't start Brooke Lopez, or I mean, they're not starting Brooke Lopez, but if they don't start Giannis at the five, the young rookie, Sam, not even going to try to say that last name because I would butcher it so bad. Uh, but at 3K, minimum salary, he played 27 minutes. Part of that was probably because of the blowout. Giannis only played 23. He put up 19.5 DK points. 12 and 4 game. He's in play. He's not like that smash value play that we can go to right away, but he's definitely somebody that we can keep an eye on. I'm not playing um, Thanasis. I just don't think that is the right option for us right here. So, for the most part, it's really just going to be Yanni. Uh, looking at Giannis, Drew Holiday's at a fair price, 6,500 as well. You can definitely go that way if you want. Uh, he, he looked great in game one, but. Coming off that heel contusion, one imagines that if this game does start to get out of hand, he'd probably be the first one to sit him and Giannis, and then they just go straight to the bench mob. But definitely in play. So, yeah, I'll keep Holiday. I'll keep Giannis in there, and then I'll keep Sam in there as well. Outside of those guys, I'm probably not looking at much. On the Spurs side of the ball, DeJounte Murray coming in at 7,100. He's probably the only guy I'm really considering in this game. We saw that three-point shooters can kill the Bucks. Yeah, he's not that three-point shooter. That's not the reason I'm saying it. But if you want to go and look at some of their shooters, like a Derek White, you could definitely look to do that. But this dude's just been pouring it in uh, the past two games. 41 DK points, 37.5 DK points. And the shot attempts have been there for him. And that's the big thing for Murray. We know he's going to get you rebounds, you know, steals and assists at that guard position. That's what he excels at. But if you're going to give the guy 17 and 18 shot attempts, uh, he doesn't need to shoot 50% to get you there. You know, he hasn't been. He's been shooting less than 40%, 35 and 39% over the last two games. He's been taking four threes in each one, only knocked down one of them. So that's what I'm saying. He's not the greatest three-point shooter. But if this game stays marginally close, he's going to have a big factor and be a big reason why they're doing it. Derek White at 5,900. I expect a whole lot of three-point attempts from Derek White in this one. Fair price tag. Just don't see myself going to Derek White with some of the other options that we have to choose from. And then Jakob Pertl at 4,900. It's it's a good price for him. It's a good matchup, especially with Brook Lopez out. We're not going to see him stretched out to the three-point line as much. He'll pretty much be able to just camp down there in the paint, and that's where he does his best work, where he gets his blocks, which he hasn't had one yet in the first two games of the season. 
So this feels like a nice double-double game for Jakob Pertl. Uh, I guess if you're going to look at that price tag, the only guy that is comparable that I would consider would be Steven Adams, who we'll get to. But I think I prefer Jakob Pertl over Steven Adams at a very similar price range. So there I am. That's probably the cheap center I'm looking at if you're looking to spend down. Uh, we talked about the guy that I'm looking at in the mid-tier. And we also talked about the guy I'm looking at to spend up on. So those are the three centers I was talking about earlier. I'll give you the reason why I'm not really looking at Steven Adams, despite him playing very, very well. I got a reason. That's it. That's all I'm really looking at over here. Uh, Doug McDermott, if you want a GPP pivot flyer type guy, but, you know, it's only because I talked about it. Three-point shooters can have their way with the Bucks, but he doesn't do much of anything else, so I don't feel too confident in him. Two games left. We're moving on. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Phoenix traveling to Portland. Phoenix on the second half of a back-to-back. For the injury report, we're not going to have Phoenix, but for the Blazers, Tony Snell has been ruled out. This game has the highest game total of the night, 232.5. Portland favored by 2.5, probably because of that back-to-back. But We'll start off with the Suns. Uh, but Cal Bridges coming off of a massive game, 8 of 11 shooting. Ended up putting up 40 DK points with three steals, one block. 8 of 11 shooting is great. The shot attempts are going to be there for him. Uh, 16 in the first one, 11 in the second one. That's solid. We know that Bridges is a much better, I guess, like Roto and categories kind of fancy player necessarily than he is to a DFS player just because, you know, the the assists are never really going to be there. The defensive stats, while we think, you know, they're going to be there more often than not for him, to bet on him getting three steals every night is not something I want to do. But I like that price tag at 4900 I have no issues going there. DeAndre Ayton at 6900 I think I'd rather play uh, Joe Val over him. He's not in a bad matchup. It's not a great one. Uh, I feel like he's a very, very safe center to look at. The offense hasn't really been anything enticing so far this season. We saw him taking three-pointers in the first game. Didn't take any in the second game. So we gotta we got to wait and see if that's going to be a part of his game. If it is, it kind of unlocks a whole new you know upside, I guess we could say, for Ayton if he's going to be willing to take these threes. Uh, but again, it remains to be seen if that's real, if that's fake, how they use them. Uh, but 15 rebounds in that last one gives it gives them a very safe floor. Only six in the first one. He's going to be closer to that, you know, 10 to 12 rebound range than he is going to be to the six. And I imagine closer to the 15 points than he is to the eight that we got in the last one. So if we're going to get 15 and 10 out of him with some blocks and steals, he should pay off that price tag. I, again, I just prefer Joe Val over him ever so slightly. Devin Booker coming in at 8,100. Devin Booker's Devin Booker. I just don't want to pay 8100 for him right now. He hasn't paid that off in the first two games. He could do it in this one. Getting a matchup against C.J. McCollum doesn't really scare me up. I just don't want to pay that price tag. And I don't really like targeting Chris Ball in the second half of back-to-backs. He's paid off his salary in both of the two first games. But at 7500 we talked about a few point guards in that range. I just prefer a little bit more than him. That's probably it. The real, the real guys I'd be looking at would be Aiton and Bridges. Outside of those two guys, I don't have a lot of interest in Phoenix. Sliding over to the Portland side of things, Damian Lillard coming in at 10-3. Not paying that price tag for Damian Lillard. Is he worth it? Absolutely. The dude took 24 shot attempts in the first one. Missed every three-pointer that he took. 0 of 9 from 3 is not something you're going to see very often with Damian Lillard. He still managed to put up 47 DK points despite not hitting a three-pointer. So, yes, he's very much in play. But Chris Paul, at his age, still a very good defender. I imagine this is a very well-rounded game. Uh, for the Trailblazers, where we see everybody chipping in. Nurkic at 73. Not a bad price tag for Big Nurk, but not a guy that we're guaranteed to see more than 30 minutes from. So 
Could he pay that off very easily? I think I just prefer DeAndre Ayton over him for a little bit less or Jonas Valanciunas for $100 less. I think I prefer a little bit more as well. So I just don't see myself having too much Nurkic. But he's very, very much in play. Uh, he's the definition of rock solid when we look at him. Outside of those two guys, CJ McCollum, 7,400 is the other main key cog in this. I prefer CJ at the point per dollar over, over Damian Lillard. And he came out and blew up in that last one, which I always talk about. I think I mentioned him on the podcast. I had some shares of him. Shooting guards versus the Kings is a thing. They just, they just get them every single time. Uh, I don't know why, but it's been that way for about three or four years now where I always look at shooting guards going against the Kings. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. But for today, uh, CJ is in play at 74. I prefer him over Lillard for that discount that we're getting. That's probably it for me over here. Larry Dance Jr. has yet to establish himself, really. He looks kind of poor. Uh, you know, that big Larry Dance game Jr. could be coming. But until we see it, I'll just keep fading him. And he kind of needs the minutes to get there. He's not like the most you know fantastic point-per-minute guy. We saw him having a lot of success with Cleveland, and it was mostly due to his role in the minutes he was getting. All right, seventh and final game, one that I'm sure a lot of people have interest in. 10.30 Eastern Standard Time, Memphis traveling to L.A., taking on the Clippers. For the Clippers, Serge Ibaka, Kawhi Leonard, Jason Preston. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep, Jason Preston ruled out. Keon Johnson's questionable. Dylan Brooks, the only name to monitor, and he is out for the Grizzlies. This game coming in at a 226 game total. Clippers favored by three and a half. You know, much like the Minnesota-New Orleans game, this is probably one of my favorite games to target. I'll have a lot of shares. And listen, Phoenix and Portland's got that high game total at 232 and a half. That's the highest game total. It just feels like there. I know the pieces I want to target there. And in these two games, you can target a lot of pieces. You can mix and match any way, shape, or form. I think this is going to be a really fun game for DFS and just for fantasy purposes in general. Starting off with the Grizzlies, you heard me harping on it all podcast so far and it's that there's a lot of guard value and a lot of it is going to come from this game and the early games d'anthony melton coming in at 3800 drew the start in the last one played 30 minutes anytime you give d'anthony melton minutes he's going to make the most of them didn't have any blocks or steals which is very unlike him but did shoot the ball well 8 of 14 put up 31 and a half dk points at 3800 he's going to be very very chalky but for good reason and the same thing goes for desmond bain at the small forward position only 3300 very similar to Melton, played 30, 30 minutes, shot 8 of 16. These guys were not afraid to shoot, put up 33 DK points. I love both these guys. I'm going to have at least one of these guys in every lineup. I could even see having two, and I wouldn't fault you one bit for doing so. John Morant coming in at 9,200. He had a fantastic game, 29 shot attempts, put up 57 DK points. I'm not going to John Morant in this one. I'm not paying the 9,200. I just prefer to spend up in a few different spots, one on the other side of the ball here. And then one in that uh, earlier game with Carl Anthony Town. So I just don't see myself paying that 9200 for Ja. If he comes out there and just does what he did, I, I would be surprised if he takes close to 30 shot attempts. You won't see too many guys do that. That might be the most amount of shot attempts he takes all season in one game. I'm not too sure, but uh, not a guy that I want to pay 9200 for. And hey, listen, if you do, I wouldn't fault you. But this game is so fantastic where I don't need to have uh, all three guards. <laughs> You know, I, I call Bain a guard because he normally is a shooting guard, and that's probably where he'll start once Dylan Brooks comes back. But I don't think I need to have all three of these guys. And we have to actually see if that's the kind of lineup that they even roll out because going against a guy like Paul George, they might opt to put Kyle Anderson in that starting lineup. Going against Cleveland, you know, you thought they would have. 
But so maybe they don't, you know, playing more at Laurie Markin and maybe they just kind of said, let him camp out there. Uh, Paul George, a little bit more aggressive of a ripper who will get to the rim whenever he wants. Steven Adams, very good price tag for him. Love the rebounding upside that this guy has. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of scoring upside, but we saw it during the preseason. He looks like a much better rebounder than last season. I just don't know if that it was the role, the situation, no longer playing against somebody like Zion. Playing against someone like Jaron Jackson Jr. pretty much allows him to get every board that he wants. Jaron Jackson likes to kind of step out to that three-point line. So the, all the offensive rebounds will be there for Steven Adams. And we know he has that defensive uh, upside as well with getting like a block and a steal per game. So I definitely have some interest in Adams. I think I prefer Pirtle just because of the ownership. I expect it to be a little lower on Pirtle. And, uh, but both these guys, are, I think, are very good and safe under 5K center play. So for me, it's going to be Steven Adams, Melton, and Bain. I think all three of these guys are fantastic values. I'll have shares of all three of them, be mixing and matching. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, 6200 is a very fair price tag. He's a guy that could probably get closer to seven as the season goes on. But I'm not going to sit here and play and, and love four Grizzlies. I'm going to keep it in my player pool to the three guys I just mentioned and probably cross year now as well. On the Clipper side of the ball, there's two guys I have a ton of interest in, but you can have an interest in in, in a lot of these guys. Paul George at 9,800. Yeah, the offense is going to clearly run through George nonstop, left and right. Uh, the rebounding will be there for him. We saw this team wanted to play very small, and that's kind of the reason why I prefer Pirtle over Steven Adams is because they, the Clippers were fine without playing a center. They ran Marcus Morris at that center position, and if they're going to do, keep doing things like that, that might take Steven Adams off the floor a little bit, but that would definitely give those Memphis guards a little bit more of a boost. You know, Melton's minutes, Bain's minutes, we could probably feel a little bit more secure about them. And if they wanted to just run Marcus Morris at the five, and then you'll see them run it back with Jaron Jackson Jr., maybe Kyle Anderson at the four a little bit. But I don't expect the game to start like that, but we'll see definitely stretches of it if if this Clippers team – I mean, Hartenstein didn't even get a minute. Didn't even play. So keep your eye on that. Again, that's the reason why I'm a little bit more on Pirtle than I am on Stephen Adams. But Paul George is probably one of my favorite guys to spend up on this slate. Right there with Carl Anthony Towns. If I'm looking to go anywhere, it's probably going to be those two guys. Love starting my, my day off with those guys. And looking at Reggie Jackson at 6,800, or I'm sorry, 6,600. He's getting a, a little bit of a price decrease in that last one. Shot terrible, 4 of 19, but the 19 shot attempts. He is going to be second on this team in shot attempts right behind Paul George. As long as Kawhi Leonard's out, they don't have a lot of volume shooters and scorers. Uh, he was there with the rebounds and the assists. He just shot 21% from the floor. Took nine three-pointers, hit three of them. So, Three of his baskets out of the four made were three-pointers. I think Reggie Jackson is a very good tournament play at 6,600. Obviously, we just saw that the shooting could be anywhere and, you know, maybe not as safe in cash. But as far as your tournaments go, I think he's very, very viable. Eric Bledsoe at 5,900 looked great, looked great defensively all game long, put up three steals, that one block. He's very much in play as well. He gets a $100 price decrease. The three of these guys I absolutely love. We got to keep an eye on Marcus Morris because in that first one, they mentioned that he was going to have his minutes monitored. Uh, if he's getting, you know, not having his minutes monitored, he's getting a full workload of 5,200, he's in play. I think we have better options that we could choose from. And then Terrence Mann played every minute that he could handle. Uh, almost played 40 minutes at 4,700. I just prefer Duarte and those Memphis guys over him. If you're looking for the value, it's 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 a fair price tag for Mann. It's not like we're getting a huge discount. I think maybe he should be priced closer to Morris at that 52 range. But at 47, I'll probably leave him out there. Can't play everybody in this game. I'm expecting to have a lot of love in this game. Um, mixing and matching. 
uh, doing a lot of different kinds of, you know, multiple lineup builds, multiple constructions. And I'm definitely going to have Paul George as one of my highest owned priced up guys. And then Reggie Jackson as a GPP pivot to some of these other guards that we've already talked about, I think is a very viable option. And if you can't get up to Reggie, you get Bledsoe at that point guard and shooting guard eligibility. But we also have to wait and see what the news is. Because in like single entries and cash entries, you know, I probably prefer a hero over him. If if Kyle Lowry's out, I think that's probably the way to go. He's going to be chalkier. So that's where he comes in as that pivot. If you want to get off that chalk in your GPPs and, you know, pivot away and maybe go to a Bledsoe, sure, why not? But it's going to be hard to ignore Hero's usage and his ball handling abilities if there is no Kyle Lowry at that price tag that we spoke about earlier. That's it. That is the entire slate. That's all seven games in 44 minutes. So pretty good time we made. Again, guys, check out Manscaped. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use the promo code HOOPBALL20 and then DFS today. HOOPBALL20 for Manscaped. DFS today for DraftKings. You can follow me on Twitter, at MikeApatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You'll see me tweeting stuff out throughout the day and as lineups are locking. I'll be retweeting a lot of the beat writers when the news pops. That way you get to see it straight from the source, not just somebody saying, hey, this guy's out, Uh, you know. Get a little skeptical sometimes, but I go right to the source. I'll tweet that out for you guys. We'll be back tomorrow. Santino will be on. I will be off. He'll be crushing it, though. He'll be handling it for you. Always doing good work. My right-hand man out there, Santino Cocone. And shout out to the entire team. You guys might be seeing some new people here and there. Uh, They're here for a reason. They're good. They provide the information. Follow them all on Twitter when you see them. They'll, They'll give their handles out here and there. You'll see me retweeting their stuff as well. But thank you guys for listening. As always. Take care, and let's win some GPPs. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.